keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk that. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and over the years, the 49ers have had some absolutely fantastic players. Most of those players have made it to the NFL Hall of Fame. However, there are some absolutely great players that have been hampered, hindered, and held back from being in the Hall of Fame where they belong, and today is about those players. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, when you're a team with five Super Bowls and so much great stuff in their history... There's going to be guys that get left out, but there shouldn't be because the you have the same situation with the 60s Packers and 70s Steelers. You know, there's guys that should be in the Hall of Fame that they don't put in, that they, oh, well, they've already got this many guys put in. I mean, you have a guy like Jerry Kramer getting left out until only a couple of years ago, who was just as vital to that Packers team as anyone. And I think some of these guys from the 49ers are in the same situation. I noticed you omitted the 90s Cowboys. Smart I man. did purposely. Smart, smart man. There'll be no love shown to you, I Cowboys. I the 2000s Patriots. Let's, let's not do that either. All right, look, 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 look. We got, we got some guys to talk about. We're excited about these guys. We're excited about these names. Ant, we'll start with you. Who is the guy on your list that, that has been snubbed and left out of the Hall of Fame from the 49ers? Inform the peeps if they don't already know. This was actually very easy for me. I've been on this train for a long time that I believe that this guy should be a Hall of Famer. Um, It's Roger Craig because he revolutionized the running back position. Nobody could use a running back the way Bill Walsh used a running back. And Roger Craig had all the ability and the skill set to be able to execute what Bill Walsh wanted. Um, The fact that this guy had the first ever 1,000-yard rushing, 1,000-yard receiving um, year is absolutely impressive. This paved the way for the Marshall Falks and all these guys that you heard, you know, hear about now that could do it all. Um, there would be no Marshall Falk the way that he's used if it wasn't for Bill Walsh and for Roger Craig. Uh, interesting stat for Roger Craig as well is he also had five years where he had 65 plus receptions. Um, that means he was, you know, a lot of times leading the team. In fact, in his in one season he actually had 92 receptions. A running back with that much going on, um, multiple times rushed well over a thousand yards. He doesn't get the love that he deserves because they had Joe Montana, because they had Jerry Rice and all those big-time weapons. But that team would not have been as good without Roger Craig. His emergence when he came on the scene and the way he played in 1984 helped them win a Super Bowl and propelled them to win two more after that. Without Roger Craig, they're not the same. He, he set the tone physic, with physicality, the way his running style with the high knees. 100% Roger Craig should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. But yeah, he was fantastic. He did everything, you know, that the running backs do now. You're talking in the area of Eric Dickerson, Earl Campbell, guys like that catching eight or less passes a year. Yeah. And now if a running back can't catch, they don't make the NFL. True. 100%. I mean, that was the thing about Roger. He His hands were fantastic. Great catches, too. I mean, it wasn't like everything was, you know, right there to him. He made outstanding yeah. catches. If that famous drive against the Bengals in Super Bowl 23, Roger Craig had a lot of great catches on outlets, you know, over the middle 
where Joe hit them and he got the yards that they needed and really helped move the chains. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, fantastic player. And unfortunately, a lot of Niner fans only remember him for the fumble against the Giants instead of all the great things he did before that. Yeah, that's unfortunate because, yeah, fantastic player. Um, pretty good dude, too, for everything I've ever seen. Yep. Good teammate, good team player. It's unfortunate. He does belong there. I agree with you. Agreed. Agreed. Horst, who you got? Who's your guy? My guy is my favorite player from my childhood. My childhood. Which is Bryant Young, defensive lineman. Uh, he played 14 years in San Francisco. He had 89 and a half sacks. He was a five-time Pro Bowler, one-time first-team All-Pro. He was actually a rookie on the last Super Bowl team in 1994, but he was a starter. Along, that was a great defensive line, it by was. the way. Ricky Jackson, Stubblefield, Bryant Young, all those guys. Um, unfortunately for him, as he ascended as a player, the 49ers kind of fell into mediocrity in his later years. And I think that really hurts him. But he had um, two seasons. And he played true defensive tackle, folks. His, he had to stop the run as well. He didn't even play the Warren Sapp three technique where they let him rush the passer on the way and stop the run while he's on his way. He played true defensive line He on the interior. He had a 16-tackle for loss season and a 17-tackle for loss season which are outstanding for an interior lineman. He had two over 10, two double-digit sack seasons, and then he had two more with nine and a half on each of them. And then the big thing from him was he had that horrific broken leg in, what, 97, 98? 98, I was there. That was only his... Oh, yeah, you were at the game. I was at the game. That was only his fifth year in the league, fourth year in the <clears> league, <throat> and everyone thought he was done. And he came back, and within a year, was back almost to the same level of football player. So that deserves a lot of consideration. He's a seven or eight-time winner of the Len Eshmont Award, which is awarded to the best teammate on the 49ers, which to me should go a long way in making the Hall of Fame. But I don't know. But I think that the, the guy was a consummate player. He's on the all-decade team for the 2000s. Which is huge. Um, Warren Sapp himself, who if you follow Warren Sapp, isn't the quickest guy to dole out compliments to other players. Accurate. Warren Sapp himself said it was him, John Randall, B.Y., and then everyone else during that era. Yeah. And John Randall also agrees. I've heard him say that. So if those two guys think that he's up there, and those two guys were first ballot Hall of Famers, I don't know. That's what I see. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, he's been throwing a lot of praise his way, especially from guys in his era that he played with. Uh, his numbers speak for themselves, um, and what he did, what he, what he was able to do once he came back from injury as well. I think it's a testament to not only just the type of player he is and the work ethic, but uh, you know w- what he actually could have been if you don't have that horrific leg injury. And the numbers are still impressive despite that. Yeah, the guy definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, overlooked. I mean, the, just overcoming that injury alone is impressive. Um, just. I mean, that moment was surreal, um, being there in person and and literally hearing him scream, Ken Norton freaking out and running around. Um, you know, it was just, it was insane. The New York Giants, they were playing the Giants, I'll never forget it. And it was just crazy. And then seeing BY bounce back and somebody that I ended up meeting at UOP as well, um, you know, and getting to meet him and just how great of a guy he is. 
Horses completely right. This guy should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he put produced on the field, and he was a great person overall. Deserves it. This is what the Hall of Fame should be built on is guys like Bryant Young. So mm -hmm. hopefully they, they get this fixed and remedied and get him in the Hall of Fame because he deserves it. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Next guy is my guy. And look, there might, there might be some batting of eyes and questions and how in the world could you... It's going to be John Brody for me. John Brody is a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame, and it's specifically because of the era he played in and the numbers that he was putting up during that era. This is an era where running the football was the premier. This is what you did. All right, and in three of those years, in 1965 and 1968, he threw for over 3,000 yards, a time where you were running the ball heavily. That's crazy. He also threw for 30 touchdowns, 22 touchdowns, and 24 touchdowns during that span of 1965 to 1970 in three separate seasons. Uh... This guy is basically the iron, an Iron Man for his time as well. Right. He only had a few seasons, and it was later in his career, later in his career, and a little bit early in his career, where he didn't play in at least 10 games, or didn't at least start in 10 games. So this is a guy who was playing, he's taking his beatings, um, and was throwing the ball extremely well. I mean, he's got another season in 1966, where he threw for 2,800 yards. Now, granted, he did throw for 16 touchdowns and 22 interceptions that year. Yeah. That's not that great. And the completion percentage numbers aren't the best. He hovers around the mid-50s to high-50s. Uh, and his best seasons are in the in the low 60% range. But the game was different back then. It was. It was extremely different. And we're not talking about the same type of football that you see played today. Right. His numbers are actually really similar to Johnny Unitas. He's got more pa he's got more passing yards than than Terry Bradshaw. And that's that's a stat that kind of blew my mind. And when completion I was looking percentage at it. is as good or better than Joe Namath. Yeah, so I mean, and, and those guys are all in the in the hole already. They are. Um, th there's no reason for this guy not to be in there. His numbers prove it. The longevity. He played 17 seasons in the league, at a time where football was the roughest and toughest it's ever been. It was not easy for quarterbacks, uh, especially once they introduced the pass game. Quarterbacks were getting mollywopped because linemen. I don't know if you guys know this. Linemen weren't necessarily the greatest of pass blockers back in the day either. Well, yeah. Different technique. You're learning different things. And so, man, John Brody gets slept on a lot. Um, 49ers fans all the time. I, I see a list of best quarterbacks of all time in San Francisco. Uh, and very often, John Brody's not even on the list. People don't even talk about him, which is just absolute blasphemy to me. Because for <laughs> me, after Montana and Young, uh, I feel like this guy is... The next guy on the list and Y.A. Tittle, Y.A. Tittle as well. Yeah, I think My, those guys are um, good. Mom's father would be rolling over his grave at you complimenting John Brody. Not a fan, I don't know why. Ah, uh, well, well Nine, he's a Niners fan, but you got to remember there are Niners fans that don't like some, don't like Steve Young, and yeah. there, there's really no True. reason not to like Steve Young. It's so, accurate. there are <laughs> hey, he got the monkey off, his yeah. Head. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like yeah. players sometimes, that just happens. And I asked him why one time, and his. I was like, wasn't he really good? And he said, everybody else seems to think so. So I don't know <laughs> what, <laughs> why he didn't like it. Re really not a fan of him. Uh, I can tell you that that's not the case here on this podcast. Though. No, we I like, we like the me. Brody. Yeah. We like the Brody. It was just fun. It's a good number, too. That number 12 is a nice number. Um, And then I think there's a guy that we all can agree on as well, right? There's somebody that every single one of us believes should be in the Hall of Fame. And the fact that he's not yet... um is kind of puzzling because he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's Patrick Willis. Horse, I'm going to let you kick this off because I know you are about Patrick Willis, one of your favorite guys of all time. Well, Patrick Willis was the preeminent linebacker of his era, if not the preeminent defensive player for a three- to five-year period. Um, I once heard a great quote about the Hall of Fame, making the Hall of Fame, and that's that 
can the story of football, if someone was writing a story about the legacy of the NFL, could they write the years you played without including that person? And I believe you absolutely could not without Patrick Willis during his era. He led the league in tackles several times. He has more all he has as many first team all pro selections as Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. I because I know people's big bad on Willis is the lack of years played. He only played eight, well nine technically, but eight in a few games. Yeah, and but when you packed all that into literally half the career, it's crazy. Um, I don't understand it. He's he played in a Super Bowl. He played in three NFC Championship games. Um. And then if that was their thing where they just don't allow guys who didn't play 10 plus years in, okay, but they just put Megatron in. Well, I have no issue with them putting Megatron in. He should be in. Megatron was an absolutely fantastic player. They put Terrell Davis in. Terrell Davis really only had four good years. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you put those two guys in, I don't understand how Patrick Willis can't go in right alongside them. I think it's travesty. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the history of the game and I don't understand him not getting in and of course one of the other things I like about him is that it doesn't bother him that he didn't get in yeah talk about him, him. As, a, him as a person yep. I think the equivalency too is Gail Sayers played eight years and he's in That's the Hall of Fame perfect you know and he got injured and his career was over and he still made the Hall of Fame eight years is enough they've proven it they said it's enough Patrick Walsh should be in the Hall of Fame I don't think you can talk about defensive linebacker without mentioning him um, Horse is right. This guy transcended the game with his speed and athleticism because Ray Lewis was a guy that everyone thought was a once-in-a-generation guy, and Patrick Willis proved there's more than one. And he came out there, and now everyone's looking for that same thing, that big, speed, physical guy. Um, he transformed the 49ers defense for years, uh, and I think that that is why that this guy, even when they had bad teams, everyone still looked at him as one of the best players there was. But he could do it all. He could cover. He could He could tackle. Uh, he could blitz. He, you know, caused turnovers. What, 80, 90 yard touchdown, you know, on the C- against the Seahawks, picks it off and takes it to the house. Unbelievable talent. Um, should be in the Hall of Fame already. The fact that they're holding over the fact he hasn't played that many years is ridiculous. It's time for people to get over that stuff. Matt Miyoko, do your job. Get this yeah, guy in the Hall you? of Fame. I'm sure Mayoko's trying, um, but we need to get this guy in the Hall of Fame. We're, he deserves it. We're, um, I also remember when he hit Matt Hasselbeck in the back and his face turned all red. Yeah. Was really funny. Was Who was it that he completely banged? Brad Smith Woo. from the Jets. Uh, from the Jets. He thought he wanted to play wide receiver, switching from quarterback, yeah. and Patrick Willis showed him not. Yeah. Tebow wouldn't be playing tight end right now if Patrick oh. Willis is still in the league. Yeah. I wouldn't want anything to do but, with that. Yeah, I, Nothing. I don't know. That to me, as a player, there's like, to me, there's no negative on him. Like, as far as his play is... I, the play, no. I think the only negative you can have is that he retired early. But, I mean, really, what are we going to... If he would have gutted out two more seasons and played... Played mediocre? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is, is that what we really need? No, we got eight fantastic years, and eight years in the NFL should be plenty to get you into the Hall of Fame. He was oh, seven All-Pros, right? In the yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, seven All-Pros is... An insane. amazing career. I, I agree. We're talking. You, I mean, think about earlier. You brought up Bryant Young having one, yeah, one, and he should be in the hall just based on his statistics, his numbers. He's one of the eight, he's ranked as one of the 18th best of, of all time at the D tackle position, and that includes guys who are playing right now in today's game yeah. by some websites. This dude had seven, <laughs> seven and eight seasons in right. what, like two games. That's nuts. In a similar argument, if Aaron Donald. God if he forbid, retired tomorrow, God forbid it happened. If he got injured the first game this year and never played again, 
Would He's you hope, would you vote famer. would you think you should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Cuz I do. Yeah. But then again, we don't hold that over people, right? That they they got hurt, they didn't have longevity. Why is longevity a reason? I well, think as long as long- you've done it for a amount of time to prove that you're one of the best, that's all should matter. Listen, it, longevity can play a role. It can play a factor. It, it can be part of the equation, right? Like John Brody is a perfect example of 17 seasons, right? Like it can have an impact as to what that's what made you, that's part of what made you so special. That you were able to play and stay healthy and stay on the field and produce for a long amount of time. You should be rewarded for that. But it shouldn't be a knock. If you're able to produce at a high level for seven seasons and then you get hurt and that's it, you just call it quits. I'm sorry. And especially in Patrick Willis's case, he could have came back and kept playing. Right. He made a choice not to. He wanted to preserve himself. He had done, he felt he had done everything he needed to prove with the exception of winning the Super Bowl. And he, you know what? At the time, he wasn't convinced that we were going to get back there anytime soon. Yeah. Why destroy myself and spend the next 15 years, you know, hating getting out of the bed every morning when I've done everything that I can. I've given my heart and soul to this franchise. I've done everything I possibly can. It's time for me to find the next avenue in life. I'm not going to knock a guy for doing that. Not at all, especially with the way he played and what he did at the level he did to that. And I think we can argue that he's one of the top five linebackers of all time. Yeah, oh, yeah. and that's, that's what I was sitting here thinking is, to me, he's not, or I think you would agree but to, with what I'm about to say, but to me, he's not just a great player. He's one of the transcendent players he in is. the position. We're talking, you know, the Lawrence Taylors, Dick Butkus, Ray Lewis, that type of thing. Like, yeah, I think when I think about middle linebackers, too, he's one of the first ones that comes to mind. Of course, mm-hmm. Ray Lewis, you know, Dick Butkus, uh, Singletary, you know, and and this guy. I think they're the guys I think of right away. I think he's in the same breath, yeah. He is, definitely. And I think as far as athleticism, um, the era that he played in, he took it to the next level. And so he should be remembered for that because I think he did change the position. Fred Warner is a smaller, you know, guy. And I think it's because they're emulating that speed. That speed was never valued as much at the linebacker position before him. Now, Ray Lewis was crazy, you know, fast, but he wasn't this guy fast. No. This guy was way faster, and they both have transcended the game. He was everywhere, man. Yeah. He was literally everywhere. Every time I turned around and a big play would break, it was Patrick Willis running the guy down. It wasn't a corner. It wasn't a safety. It was was Willis. One of the greatest net texts I ever got during a game, and remember, us Willis guys have sat through a lot of bad Niners games. That's true. Um, Was a friend of mine once texted me during a game, has Patrick Willis ever missed a tackle? Yeah. That, that's how it felt. Never. Like, Never happened. He was literally, and he was a defensive player who was the face of the franchise yep. that carried us through some very dark times. And he was also a face of the franchise that even the league recognized. And in a, in a league that recognizes offensive players the most because they want to build on offense, they could not deny how good Patrick Willis was. Can't deny it whatsoever. Let us know down below if we left someone off of our list. There are plenty of Niners players. We we know this. We just picked three that we thought we could make the best argument for and then collectively had one that we were sitting there that we all unanimously agreed on and really just couldn't decide who was going to get to talk about them. So we decided to share it together. Uh, let us know. Do we miss anyone? We want to hear from you. Also, let us know what you think about our takes. Should John Brody be nowhere near the hall? Do you agree with the Bryant Young take? What about... Ant down there with Roger Craig, or are you only going to remember him for the fumble against the Giants? I hope not, but we want to hear from you. And while you're down there commenting away, make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Help us get to 1K. We're so, so close. Yeah, let's talk about this. It's always fun to talk about the history of the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And we talked about four great players in 49ers history that, you know, deserve to be recognized. And I want to hear who else people think should be recognized because there are other players that I think can easily, you know, be brought up and there could be an argument for. So somebody make an argument for one, I would love to read it and be able to comment on it. I think that's a lot of fun.
Yeah, I, I always enjoy looking back at the history, more obviously of the years I've been around, but even, you know, and through the 80s, but even all the way back to John Brody and stuff, I, I love that. It's a lot of fun, and until next time, 49ers fans, you stay safe. And remember the right way. is always the 49ers way. Sounds good.